Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. God has put on my heart um, is for every single person here or one day who's going to listen to this on the podcast and understand that God is writing a story. And I don't know if there are any writers in the room or bloggers or people who are copywriters. I don't know. Uh, But I've done my share of blogging through the years. And I know that when you have to write a post, like you need to sit down and, and have something to write. And so, you know, when you think about your life, what kind of a story or narrative do you find around that? It is maybe the past has been difficult. Maybe the future is, is what you're holding on to. But I want to encourage you today that God wrote a story, which is called His Story. But His story is for your story. And today, with God's help, I want to connect those two dots. But I believe God is really going to speak to hearts in the room today. Listen to this. History is his story, and his story was written for you, was written for your story. History is his story. Let me, you might say, uh, what bearing does Jesus' birth have on my life today? Maybe if you're a believer and you've been in church long enough, you know how to answer that. But maybe you're here and you're saying, how does really, Pastor, how does what Jesus did so long ago really apply or affect my life today? Well, look at the newspaper. I just did this. I have an image here. Next slide. Right. It's just a clipping. But you could even look at your smartphone. Um, Mine doesn't show the year, but maybe yours does. And the very date on the newspaper or the magazine or your phone hinges on the birth of Jesus. I don't know if you made the connection, but listen to this. You've heard the term A.D. and B.C. The term A.D. is Anno Domini, and it means in the year of our Lord. A.D., in the year of our Lord. When I was growing up, I thought it meant after death of of Jesus. It's not entirely accurate, but it's in the year of our Lord, Anno Domini. And this calendar era is based on the traditionally reckoned year of the birth of Jesus of Nazareth with A.D. counting years from the start, and get this, and B.C. denoting years before the start of the era. So B.C. is referring to before Christ. Now, the secular world will always try to strip Christ out of the picture, out of the narrative, or out of the story. And so now they refer to it as CE and BCE, right? Some of you heard that at work or at school. Common era and before common era. And it's like, uh, I'm sorry, but so what, like what's the common era? What, what, what's, what's the distinguishing thing that determines what was that era versus this era? And they've removed Christ completely out of it. But let me tell you, it hinges upon Jesus. And, and today, we're unashamedly proclaiming who he is. That he is Jesus, the Messiah. And Billy Graham said this, 
Our society strives to avoid any possibility of offending anyone except God. And as a Christian today, you have to develop the boldness and the confidence through the Holy Spirit. It's not something that you're born with necessarily. But it's through the Holy Spirit to stand up and to declare what the world will say is foolish. You have to be able and to be willing to say, no, this is what I believe and this is what I base my life on. And so today with God's help, let's take a look at what Luke chapter 2 tells us about history, which is his story, and see how it was written for the purpose of your story. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Usually I say stand, but there's not a main text that we're going to pull from. I'm going to summarize most of chapter 2, and and we're going to land somewhere halfway down in the chapter. So just follow me for a moment. The name Jesus is Hebrew for Yeshua saves, or in English, the Lord saves. And so this is part of the name of Jesus and what he would essentially do with his life. And as we would just uh, highlight some things in Luke chapter 2, from verses 1 to 7, we read this last week, but it talks about Jesus' birth. And remember, we showed the manger and we said, this changes what? Everything. Good. This changes everything. And it really does. And then from verses 8 to 20, there's the story of the angels and the shepherds and how they're announcing this good news. By the way, we talked about Mary and Joseph a little bit last week, that they weren't rich, uh, that she was a very ordinary young, young lady in her teens. But you know what else is interesting? That the announcement was also made to lowly shepherds, lowly, dirty, smelly shepherds received this great news and saw all the angels and heard them singing, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. And this is telling us something about God. Number one, he's no respecter of persons, but he loves every person and he loves everybody. So God, through to yours, was beginning to write this incredible story, which is linked and tied to your life and your story. And, And we get to the end of verse 20 into 21, and, and this is where I want to read it. I'm not sure if I have verse 21 on the screen, but I want to read this to you. And here's what it says, verse 21 of Luke 2. Eight days later, well, what happened eight days earlier? Jesus was born. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. We're going to come back to that. We're going to continue reading. Verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. Everyone say Simeon. Not Simon, but Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. 
And if you have a pen and a real Bible or even a digital one and you could underline something, underline verse 27, that day, that day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Verse 33, Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, and we kind of talked about this last week, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. And in this text, we find two things. But before we get to that, let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your word. Lord, I pray that it would speak to every heart that's here. And Father, we thank you that There's a purpose why we're here today. And it's not just to worship, not just to give a year-end offering, but Lord, to hear what you're speaking to our hearts. And God, I pray that you would use me as your humble servant. I ask that you would anoint my mind, my lips, and my heart, that I might speak your word to your people the way you want me to communicate it. I ask you this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We see two kind of little things going on in the passage we read. The first part is about this whole purification and circumcision and dedication. And then the second part is with Simeon. And so I want to start with the first and then we'll get to Simeon. And it's interesting to note that um, Mary was the one who needed the purification. This is Old Testament Levitical law. And then Jesus is dedicated to the Lord. So this is the thing. Jesus didn't need purification. It, it was his mother. And I'm going to explain why. It was regard, she was regarded as unclean for seven days and had to remain at home for a further 33 days. Thus, on the 40th day, they went to Jerusalem for this. And so, verse 24, it says that she brought a pair of turtle doves, or two young pigeons. Now, what's interesting to note, and I want to read from Leviticus here, is this. In Leviticus 12, we'll read verse 6 and then verse 8. Verse 6 says, The woman must bring a one-year-old lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or turtle dove for a purification offering. But get this. If a woman cannot afford, verse 8 of Leviticus 12, if a woman cannot afford to bring a lamb, she must bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons. One will be for the burnt offering and the other for the purification offering. And the priest will sacrifice them to purify her and she will be ceremonially clean. And so you know what this shows us? It shows that Mary and Joseph were ordinary people And reminds us that God doesn't make decisions based on human reasoning. Why? They couldn't afford the lamb, so they brought the birds. Think of it. 
God chose Mary and Joseph, maybe not the most likely couple. And yet, God said, I'm going to use them. And I just want to remind you today, I, it doesn't matter to me nor to God how much money you have. I just want to say that. God can still use you. God can still use what's in your hand, even if it's just a little bit. God can use the strength in your body. And you say, but pastor, I'm really tired. Guess what? You give God what little you have and watch what he could do. And I, I'm reminded of the Shunammite widow um, where she was gathering sticks. And the question, I believe it was the Shunammite, but it was one of the widows. And she said, I have nothing left. And the prophet asked her, what do you have? Right? I just have a bit of oil. He said, go get some jars. Go get some jars. Listen, the application is very simple. God used Mary and Joseph to bring forth Jesus into the world. And by the way, he didn't just use them. They were, they were willing vessels because they said yes. Remember, that was last week's message. This changes everything. But the beauty of it is that that means for you and me that we are candidates for God to use. And it doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter what little we feel we have. God can use whatever you make available to him. And it's just a good reminder at the end of the year, maybe you're like, I spent all my money. I have no energy left. I spent all of that too. It's hard with children. It's hard with work. It's hard to meet the demands of, work, of school even. I get all of those things. But God can use whatever you make available to him. And so it's important to have things, if, especially if you're a parent or a spouse. It's important to have things to invest into your family. But it's also important to understand I need to offer God something. Um, and Mary and Joseph were willing vessels. But here's the proof that they didn't have much. They didn't have much. They had not even enough to bring a lamb, so they brought the birds instead. And so be encouraged today. You might feel like the least likely in the room, but know that God is here. And all he asks is, or all he's looking for is availability. And he would look. And I believe that, Weston, we are an available church to God. Can you say amen? That as a church collectively, I can't speak for, for each individual in the room, but as a church collectively, I know our heartbeat is, Lord, we're available to you. Whatever you want to do, do it, Lord. But here's Mary, and this is what she has to do. It's just a reminder that they were following the law, that they were, they were faithful that way, because this is what was supposed to be done. And on an ordinary day where you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, let's flip the other side. Here is Simeon. And I love Simeon. And if you read a little further, you meet Anna. You know what's amazing about Simeon and Anna? Is they're old. So on one side, you have Mary who's young. Who's, you know, Lord, why am I blessed among all women in the world, right? This changes everything. And then on the other side, you have Simeon and Anna who are really old. And Simeon, as we already read the text, he's like ready to die. Uh, because once he understands when Mary brings Jesus, it was a specific, special day. Ordinary, but unordinary. 
in every sense of the word. Because he said, now I've seen the Messiah. Lord, I'm ready to die in peace. That's Simeon and Anna. I know we didn't read this part, but I don't want us to overlook it. Go home and read it. Anna, her husband died, I believe, in her seventh year of marriage or really early on. And what the Bible tells us about Anna is that she dedicated her life to serving the Lord in the temple. And with worship and fasting and prayer. And I was like, wow. And she's old. And, and yet, she dedicated her life. And she was being used. And she was a, being a blessing even in her old age. And even in her unfortunate circumstance where at a very early stage her husband died. And so I don't know who's in the room today. But be of great cheer. Because if God could use Mary and Joseph, and, and God could use Simeon, and we're going to get into what, how God used them, and God could use Anna in her old age, being a widow, listen, God can use you. But are you available to him? Are you available? Anna didn't have to go and serve the Lord. She could have been disgruntled, and she could have said, I'm done with this, God. Where's your goodness in, in losing my husband? But yet, listen to the reality, she dedicated her life to serving him. And I thought, wow, Simeon and Anna. So if you have gray hair in the room today, not to single anyone out, but you have no excuse either. Mary was young, Simeon and Anna were old, no excuse that God can use anyone. The condition is, are you available and are you willing? God, here I am. And so let's, let's break down, let's unpack this guy named Simeon. The name Simeon is he that hears. And it's referring to God who hears. It's an Old Testament name. And what do we know about Simeon? He was righteous and devout. And I believe in this day and age, God is still looking for men and women and young people who are righteous and devout. Can somebody say amen? Right? This is... What we see, and God blesses these people who live in such a way. And it tells us that he's eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come. And you have to ask, how long must he have been waiting? Poor Simeon is really old, and, and he's waiting though. Could you imagine if God gave you a promise? This is a year of promise, Weston, amen? If God gave you a promise, don't lose hope, and don't lose heart. Keep trusting God. Because if you're standing on his word, his word never fails. We said that last Sunday. And verse 26 tells us the Holy Spirit was upon him. And, and listen to this. It's there in the text. He wouldn't die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Talk about a promise. Talk about a word from God. He wouldn't die unless, not unless he heard about, unless he'd seen so you have to understand, verse 27 is very special because he's just being faithful. He's being faithful. Mary, she's being faithful to the law. This is what we're supposed to do. But I want you to see how God is still writing a story in this. Follow. Verse 27, I said if you have a pen, underline it or highlight it on your phone. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. 
So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, that's why they were there, Simeon was there. And I want to highlight just a very simple thing. It's, it's very uh, logical that if you're in the room, obviously you're here. But maybe this is that day for you. That maybe this is a day, it's maybe something you do every Sunday. Maybe it's something you don't do every Sunday, but you're here in the room today. Well, listen, I believe that this could be that day for you. Where God is just aligning things and allowing you to be in the right place. To not just hear, but to see. That, that as we're in this room today, I don't know the promise God spoke to your heart. I don't know the word you're standing on, but you know what I see? On that day, Mary showed up doing her thing, but Simeon, it says something special about him. The Spirit led him to the temple. And so maybe you're here today, and you need to hear this word. Maybe you needed to hear the worship today. Maybe you're here, but you needed to give that year-end offering because you need God to move. Listen, as much as Simeon needed to see the Messiah... Mary needed to hear Simeon's prophecy. Catch this. We're going we're gonna to get there in a second. Right? This is a big deal for Mary. As she's, you know, but she's, she's doing what she knows she has to. Simeon's ready to die. And he's old. But he's still hanging on to the word of God saying, I'm, I can't die, Lord. Because you said, not, I'm not just going to hear about what's going on. But I'm going to see the Messiah for myself. And Simeon has this amazing song of praise, but it's a prophetic song of praise. And it basically reveals and confirms who Jesus is. And I just want to read it again. It's verse 29 to 32. Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. So that tells us, without a doubt, he knew what he saw in Jesus. He, he declared as the Messiah. Listen to this. May I die in peace as you have promised. There's the promise we've been talking about. Verse 30. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared. Listen to this. For who? For all people. Not just Israel, but Gentiles. For all people. That extends to you and to me. So listen. History is his story, but it's written for your story. So his story becomes your story. And the two are merged. You can't separate what God did by sending his son from your life. If you're a believer, you can't separate. If you're here and you're an unbeliever or Jesus is not Lord of your life, hear me, he wants to connect the stories. His story to your life story. And I believe that when you do that, the future, which is unwritten for us, he gets to play a part. And as the author and perfecter of our faith, we invite him in and say, Lord, if I write the story, I'm going to make mistakes. And it's, I don't know how the end is going to sound. But Lord, if you write the story with me, Lord, I invite you to come. Hold the pen. You know, Jesus, take the wheel. Carrie Underwood, if you have to think about that. But let's stick to the imagery of, of the story. 
right? Would you write the story, God? The author and the perfecter of our faith. I mean, who wouldn't want Jesus to come and be a part of the story and write the story? We've been declaring who he is, that he never fails, that he's faithful. Like, I want that in my story. I want that goodness in my story. I want that kind of steadfastness in my story. So how can I live disconnected from history, which is his story, I want it connected to my story. Can somebody say amen? But listen, I can't do it for you. And before we leave today, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you feel like you're writing a story and maybe you have, you'll call it writer's block. Or maybe you're like, I got to scrap this chapter. I don't know. if, If you don't have Jesus a part of your story, before you leave today, it would be my joy and privilege to lead you in that prayer before we leave. But I want to unpack this just a little more. Simeon's song of praise. He's like, I'm ready to die in peace. Basically prophecy fulfilled. Jesus, he's here. And I've seen him with my own eyes. But I love what he says. Verses 30 and 31. I have seen your salvation. How? He didn't see Jesus do anything. We're talking about a a baby. A baby. Eight days later, a baby, what's going on? What's going on? Well, guess what? God is writing a story. And through this baby, Simeon saw the beginning and the end. Because he said it to Mary. He saw the beginning and the end. He's like, here's salvation through this baby. Amazing. You know, Christmas, we have to keep Christ in Christmas. We have to. And parents in the room, listen, if Christmas in your house, I say your house because I run my house with my wife the way we want to run it. But in your house, if the bigger deal is only the presence and it never gets to Jesus, I think we're doing a disservice to our children. It's not wrong to open presents or to give presents or to make that a thing. But if that takes the number one place about Christmas and Jesus is number two even, I think the priority is wrong. And, and Christ is the message of Christmas. So we do, in case you're wondering, we have a Christmas tree in our house. We don't worship it. We don't pay attention. We just have under the tree, the first thing, gifts under the tree, absolutely. But guess what? Under the tree, the first thing we always put is the manger. And we, we talk our kids through it. And instead of elf on a shelf, we have Samuel the shepherd. And this, this is, we found this a couple of years ago. It cost like $70 to get. And, but we said, you know what? Elf on the shelf is huge. It's popular. But, but it's meaningless, really. <laughs> right? El, so we have Samuel. And my kids named him Samuel the shepherd. And under the tree also, we put, it's the manger. And every day we hide Samuel, the shepherd, because he's making his way to finding baby Jesus. And so every morning my kids wake up and they try to find where we hid Sam, the shepherd, as he's trying to find Jesus. So you see, it's, it's fun. We get the kids engaged, but we keep Christ at the center of what we're doing. And, and I just feel to encourage you parents, maybe you, you're not used to that. I would encourage you, read this Christmas narrative. Read the story of Jesus' birth 
And even tell, tell it to your kids, even if you don't want to read this. I remember we dressed up Josiah. We took the, uh, the, the di- I only know the Italian word, the, what you dry your dishes with. Dishcloth. I was going to call it the mapin. Apologies. The dishcloth. And I remember wrapping it and, and we, um, we made him Joseph. You know, and, and Priscilla was pregnant with Abby and she was Mary. And, and I don't know what I was, the donkey, perhaps, <laughs> but probably. But the reality is um, we were able to include, even when he was so young, and we were able just to keep Christ at the center. Listen, you're probably even more creative than I am. So use your imagination, but, but let's not do a disservice to our children. Can the parents say Amen. Amen. And so, or grandparents too, we say amen. And so here, Simeon, I have seen your salvation, which you've prepared for all people. Simeon was an old man ready to die, yet his words could not be more true. That Jesus would grow up and he would become the savior of the world. Not just for Israel or a specific group of people, but for the entire world. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. This changes everything. And the story was being written there for everyone everywhere. But I'll always say this, God is a gentleman, and he doesn't impose, and he doesn't force himself or, or push himself through a door that's, that you've intentionally closed. You have to open up your heart if you want to receive this incredible gift through his son Jesus. But Simeon's words are true, and they were true then to Mary and Joseph, who were hearing these words coming out of a man's mouth for the first time. It's one thing to hear an angelic, an angel telling you, it's a whole other thing to now hear someone on earth who's old and looks like, are they all there, right, saying these words. And, and the reality is, as much as Simeon needed to see Jesus, the Messiah, Mary and Joseph needed to hear what Simeon was saying. And God has his own unique ways of confirming in our hearts the word and the promise that he's already spoken. And though they had the baby, that was one of the promises. The other thing is, how do we know though? How do we know that all of these things are going to come through this simple baby, through these simple parents as we raise him? And Simeon it was just on that day, regu- like they were just doing their due diligence as obeying the law, Mary and Joseph. But here comes Simeon led by the Spirit. Hey church, maybe there are people tomorrow at work who are just showing up to work. But, but you're there led by the Spirit of Almighty God. And your purpose there is to minister to them. Maybe God is going to say, open up your mouth and you need to just say this. You have to wonder, did Simeon think he was crazy? Because he opened up his mouth and he said these things to the parents. You know, don't try to tell new parents how to parent. Don't, unless they're asking for advice. Don't do it. But here's the thing. You might need to be that person for somebody else. Maybe you're a Simeon at work. 
Maybe you're a Simeon today at lunch around your family and God's going to give you a word for whosoever is around the table. You know, it's one thing to say, okay, cool, that's Old Testament. How does it apply to my life? Well, listen, we need, we need Simeons today who are going to encourage younger people who are going through it, who, who are being faithful. But on that day, it might be ordinary, but God's going to open up your mouth to use and speak to people. My question is, are you available? Are you available? Are you willing to let him speak through you? And Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says this about Jesus. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And the last thing Simeon says is in verse 32 is, He is a light to reveal God to the nations. Jesus, we know he is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And then Jesus said now to the church, we are the light of the world. So when Jesus' ministry on earth finished, we know because we had Salt and Light Conference. We understand. I don't have to preach Salt and Light to you. But, but Simeon was proclaiming that he is the light of the world. And it's incredible that this world walks in darkness. And church, we have a responsibility to shine that light. And get this, the response of the parents is that they're amazed. They're amazed. Mary and Joseph are amazed. Verse 33, Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. And, and then he goes on to say two very difficult verses about the hardships. And I referenced this in last week's message. That, you know, as exciting as the news might be, it, there's also a responsibility as a parent where your, your soul is going to be pierced. Your heart is going to hurt. And it's going to bleed when, when Jesus has to do what he was born to do. And we can't get around the fact that it's, it's great to say he's the Savior. But I want you to understand in the room today that a picture of a baby is cute, right? The idea of baby Jesus in a manger. It might be smelly, but it's cute. But the other side of it is when you look at God's purpose, the end of Jesus' life it was hard and it wasn't easy. But listen, this is why it's so important. This is why it connects to you and me. Because sin will separate us from God. And God said, I'm not content with just knowing that. I want my people to have a way or a bridge back to me. So he said, I need to send my son Jesus. He has to be born. He's going to grow up. But then to be the Savior and to be the light, he's going to have to carry the cross. And this is how your story intertwines with his story. Because he loved you so much that he was willing to do that. It was difficult because he said, Father... If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, let your will be done. And so Jesus went through it. Why? So that he could continue to write your story. This is his story intertwining with your story today, church. That this might be an ordinary day, but God has a specific purpose and a why to why you're here today. Simeon's words to Mary were, are prophetic in preparing her to accept why Jesus had to come. And then 
like we already said, Simeon alludes to the inevitable journey that Jesus would make to Calvary where he would give up his life for you and for me. And it's in Simeon's words that we begin to see these stories connect. I just want to close with some scripture today. New Testament scripture about who Jesus is. And I already said it, but at the end of this, I want to give an opportunity that if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the best gift that God has ever given this planet. And so just prepare your hearts. But hear, hear the word today. Matthew 20, 28. For even the Son of Man, Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. In Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. So listen, you could be here and you could be unknown in the sense of you don't want to be found today. But the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. And so I want you to know you could hide from me. It's okay. But you can't hide from God. And I, I'm comforted by knowing he, know, he always knows how to find me. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Thank you Jesus for doing that. And Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And the last verse I want to read as we begin to wrap up, is Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus. Here it is. The author and the finisher of our faith. Listen. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Let me just stop for a second. This is going to, it is the Easter message in 2020. God already showed me. I'm not going to preach it today. But I just want to highlight one thing. The cross was painful. But that wasn't the point of the cross. It was only a part of the cross. And listen to the next part. But for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What's the joy? Reconciling this story of you back to God. That your story is connected to his story. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So it was a joy for Jesus. Not that it wasn't painful, it was. The joy was the result of the finished work of the cross. And today, the finished work of the cross and the power of the cross is there for you and for me. I want you to know Jesus is still in the business of writing great stories in our lives. He's still in the business of writing great stories in our lives. I'm going to say it one more time because I know that there are people in the room who either didn't hear it or don't believe it. Jesus is still in the business of writing great stories in our lives. He's great at taking the natural and ordinary and making them supernatural and extraordinary. And he's even able to find beauty in the broken. And that's to say he's not afraid of the broken and fragmented pieces of life. And of our lives, perhaps. In fact, he puts them back together to help us tell our story. And that's only possible because of his story. Would you stand to your feet with me as we close this morning?
We don't come to church to play church. We come because we are the church. And we gather together. There's something powerful that God does. And you know what it is? He shows up. God shows up. And I'm just going to ask, I know there's a bit of movement. I'm just going to ask if we could just hold off for a moment. Because this is the most important part of everything is giving everyone an opportunity to respond. And Jesus, whether you understand it fully or not, he loves you. Jesus loves you. And if you're here today and you'd say, Pastor John, my, my story is my story, but I realize today that Jesus is not a part of the story at all. Or maybe he once was a part of the story, but for a long time now, it's been me writing the pages. But today, I, I want to get back. Here's what I'm going to, the instruction I want to give. We're not going to embarrass any single person. Um, we're not even going to call you to the front. We're going to do things a little differently. Um, but I'm just going to pray for you in a second. If, if you want to be included in that prayer, I'm going to count to three and give you that opportunity just to raise your hand. And we're going to pray together. And, and then if you've prayed that prayer, I'm going to give you some instruction after. But here's all I simply want to ask. If you want Jesus to be a part of your story and you know he's not, on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand and say, Pastor, include me in that prayer when you pray. Here it is. One, two, three. Lift your hand if you want to be included as we pray even now. I see that hand at the back. If there's anyone else, we're going to pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You want him to be a part of your story today. So we, we're going to pray. I'm going to invite everyone to pray this prayer together out loud with me. It's a prayer of asking God to come and be Lord and Savior of every part. So would you join me, church, as we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you today that Jesus is enough. I thank you for sending the greatest gift through your son Jesus. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead so that I could be set free. I thank you that my past is my past. And I give it to you. I give you now my present and my future. Would you come and write the story of my life from this day forward? I'm a new creation. The old is dead. And all things are new. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Listen, I just want to give some simple instruction as we go. If you pray that prayer and you ask Jesus to come and be Lord and to write this story of your life with you, I'm just going to ask you to go to guest services. We have a Bible that we want to give you. We have some information about our church if you need to know more about our church. But it's important for us that we know and that we can follow up with you and tell you what's next. But here's it. If you don't attend a church... And you prayed that prayer, but you don't attend a church, I encourage you, do everything you can to find a church. 
And, and if you don't know where and you're here today, this is a great place to start. This is a great church. Secondly, I would encourage you to stay connected. I know it's, it's the Christmas season and, and the schedules are a bit different than normal, but get connected to the church and to the life of the church that you can and be encouraged in your walk with God. And then lastly, just keep coming back. Keep coming back and allow God to write that story with you. Let me pray over us as we go today, church. Father, we thank you for our gathering together today. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful to your word. And God, I pray today that we would have faith in our hearts to take you at your word. May you be honored and glorified as we go from this place, even as we sit around the table and have a meal. Lord, bless our conversation. And Lord, as we go into our week, maybe some of us need to be Simeon this week. And God, we're going to go as your vessel, Lord, to be used by you in our workplace, in our, our schools, and even in our families. Lord, I pray that we would be receptive, but most importantly, we would be available to you. That, Lord, if you speak, we would obey. God, we just ask you to, to move in this place as we get ready to celebrate a, a year closing, Lord, but also to anticipate, Lord, a bigger and better 2020. God, we give you glory and praise. Lord, we thank you. And God, we ask you all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you go. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.